Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast Too Much Disinformation, the pod that covers the good, the bad and the fake of the online world. I'm your host, Rafi Mendelssohn, and on today's pod, we are going to be talking OSINT, which stands for Open Source Intelligence. For those of you that have heard the term and understand what it means, we're going to be covering some of the trends and some of the things that are emerging in this space. And for those of you that are new to this concept, we're going to be talking you through it and introducing you to this concept. Um, talking us through it today is our guest, Yasmin Schlegel. She is a threat intelligence and cyber risk expert, who's also currently a PhD cyber psychology candidate. Now at Capgemini Engineering and previously at Dataminer, she has extensive experience working for the US government across the NSA, the US Army as a cyber intelligence threat analyst, and also the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. Let's begin the show. Hey, Yasmin, how are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? Great, great. Thanks for coming on the show today and uh, looking forward to you talking it through and breaking down everything OSINT or OSINT, depending on the accent. Um, But I first wanted to ask you exactly what was your first ever social media account? That would be MySpace was my first social media account. (laughs) You still use it? You're active on it? Well, I, I think it's still active, but I don't use it anymore. It, it, Facebook had an emergence and then everyone switched. A lot of people switched from MySpace to Facebook and Facebook is still thriving along with all the other social media platforms that we have today. Nice, nice. Fantastic. So we're going to be talking everything OSINT. OSINT. Um, and really, I'm glad that you're here to talk us all through it because you know lots about the topic and it's something that you work in on a daily basis and, and have a huge amount of experience in. Uh, and so let's maybe start at the beginning. What exactly is OSINT? So OSINT, if you want to think about it, it's, it's I'll break down the term. It's actually open source intelligence. That's what it stands for. So it's it's a process by which uh, information is gathered and analyzed, um, available data, um, and it's for intelligence purposes. So usually it's to help in some way. And um, it's, you know, it's done, it's, you get it from various sources, the information and people. Okay, and, and I've heard of lots of ints, right? Right. Geomint, Socmint, what are the differences between them? What are those kind of terms that people may have come across? Sure. So GLN is geospatial intelligence. And then you have Emmet, that is imagery intelligence, which is, um, that's really where GeoIt comes from, is from Emmet. And you also have SIGINT, which is signals intelligence. So there's a lot of ints out there. I'm, I'm not going to cover all of them, but this, just so you have the terminology down, if you hear it, that's what it means. Okay, so going back to OSINT, publicly available information, intelligence that could be gathered from from public sources. Um, why is it relevant? What can we learn from it? So OSINT is a very good tool. Um, it started off, of course, years ago, and it's gained a lot of popularity. There's a lot of trends now. Um, 
for, uh, that were trends even before, but it, that are emerging even more now. And a lot of crowdsource, if people have heard the term crowdsourcing, that's where you, you, you know, you have, you gather information from various people and sources and you bring that information, aggregate that information and use it for some kind of solution. So crowdsourced intelligence is used by social groups and um, it helps with public alerts, events, um, stuff like bad weather, um, social events, even um, attacks or, you know, any, anything of that nature would be considered like crowdsourced intelligence. So and for now because we have, uh, I'm sorry, now because we have so many people connected with so many different devices, it makes OSINT a lot easier and a lot more available to people around the world. So for the for the simpler folks amongst us, and that's that's me, not you. Um, I, I'm I'm a big uh, uh, sports fan. I'm a big soccer fan. And any time around, you know, transfers and players moving from one to the other, on all of the message boards and community groups, there are always people monitoring flights that are taking off from city to city or someone has taken a picture at an airport and it's a picture of a player that maybe that they're signing so is that a good example of kind of a crowdsourced effort using publicly available information and then sharing that on public sources that is that is a very good example <laughs> as you know um the twitter feeds and other platforms i mean you see some information before like the news will even get it I mean, so social media platforms and, and apps and, you know, anything of that nature that's connected to the Internet, I mean, it's a great source. Okay. And what, information. what else does OSINT include? So it also includes um, the term that I mentioned earlier, GeoIn, Geospatial Intelligence, also Emmet, Imagery Intelligence. And that's where like low resolution satellite photos are, you know, taken from, you know, from the satellites. And that information is paired up with, with other sources of information and shared across platforms. Um, some of the things, some of the things that people do is humans will validate that image data. Um, you know, any kind of geoit type data sometimes is even, um, analyzed or validated by humans. Um, it improves intelligence data. And there's like communities like um, Geo, um, Geo Live, which is something in Ireland. It's kind of an interactive geospatial uh, crowd, like a crowdsourcing of information, images and information. And then you have AI software like they do at places like data miner, which improves, you know, the gathering of information and is publicly available. It's like real time alerts. So it's, you know, it could be from what you said, um, a president landing, um, like an event, like a president's going to be in this area or players like a, you know, a, any kind of a sports event or anything. Right. It could even be for our, um, people, you know, like uh, the fire departments and stuff, mm. like there could be an event as, as there's a fire or some kind of, you know, emergency event. So these kind of AI software programs or applications are also an example of 
Right. And do you think people more commonly think OSINT of social media or, or where does social media fit within the OSINT picture? So social media can, it, social media can help with, um, I mean, it feeds into OSINT too. For instance, sometimes you have people sharing things, you know, like concerts, they'll, sh you know, share that this concert's going on. This is what's happening. Um, you see people will take pictures and say, oh, I saw, so, you know, this person here at this time. So it's a way to, to share publicly available information to the masses and social media is a, like a social community or social communities because there's various social media platforms and people share all types of information. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I, I think an important element of, you know, OSINT, but also the people that work in this space, there's, there's kind of the, the gathering of the data. And we really are talking about, you know, living through a world of an explosion of data. And I think we're right. going to touch, touch upon that in a second as well with you know, newer tools, but also it's not just the gathering, but it's the, you know, really as important is the intelligence learned from the open source information. It's Correct. kind of the, the analysis and the, the, the learnings that we can gain from that. What, what does that process look like if you work in this space? Well, there's, um, there are different types of OSINT analysts. There are some that of course work for the government, some that work for private sector, um, some that even work, it's not really their job, but they kind of are like a, an amateur um, at it. Mm -hmm. So they take that information and use it typically for good purposes. There, of course, there's always bad <laughs> with good, but a lot of times with the amateur OSIN, if you want to call it, it's a term that I've read um, in an article recently. And those kind of people who aren't attached to maybe a gover government agency doing OSIN work or a private, you know, um, agency or private sector doing OSIT work. That is usually, you see that in examples like cyber bullies mm. or um, cyber trolls. People that are amateur OSIT analysts sometimes try to, you know, stop that kind of behavior online. Mm -hmm. And they'll like track people down. Um, to their location sometimes and get all types of information about where, you know, uh, where this person is in the world, um, what other kind of social media <laughs> accounts they have, um, even some down to personal data. And this is where the bad can kind of come into play because mm -hmm. then you have the whole privacy. Everybody's talking about data privacy or privacy in general. And that's where the bad part comes into play because it's like it's a gray a fine line like a gray area of privacy and then a publicly available data and how that all comes into play so when it's when it's stuff like that that you know there's concerns of privacy intrusion which tips off that ethical scale of you know is mm -hmm. the the means the ends justify the means you know in this case and and typically with like you know, stuff like cyber trolls, cyber bullying. I mean, that's a good thing if you're reducing that. Also, it, it has been help. It helps with criminal cases. There have been mm -hmm. criminal cases that use open source intelligence, OSINT. So you're seeing OSINT exploding, and I think it's going to continue to explode um, and grow, you know, and flourish over the next couple of years. I mean, it, there's, there's so many tools out there now. There's 
machine learning type tools, AI tools that are, you know, acting as like an OSINT type of tool. So I think that we're going to see a lot more. And even in the private sector, sometimes you see it helping like the OSINT tools are used to investigate things like corporate social responsibility, CSR, and ESG, environmental, social, and governance, and the non-compliance of those things. So mm. you're seeing it inside a courtroom sometimes, that kind of data, OSINT data being used, and you're seeing it outside you know, of the, the courtroom. So like on mm -hmm. social media platforms and other, other instances. Incredible. And I definitely want to come back to the topic of amateur OSINT amateur crowdsourcing. Right. Um, but I wanted to go back a step, if we may, to talk about the privacy. Where Where is the line in terms of privacy? Information might be publicly available. We might be able to gain intelligence and knowledge from that information. But where does the line in terms of intruding on people's privacy, you know, even if they are sharing stuff publicly? Right. I think that is going to be a topic that we hear more and more about. Just like with cybersecurity policies and how, you know, that's new in some parts of the world, I think the whole data privacy is still something that we're trying to figure out. And some places in the world are more advanced with it, like you have in Europe GDPR, um, you have, you know, even in the States, they're starting to do some privacy policies and some of the... Um, the states within the US. Mm -hmm. So I think overall, eventually we're going to start seeing some more privacy practices coming about, like policies. I think now because we're so interconnected, you know, we have the Internet of Things, <laughs> IoT. So I think we're going to see probably some regulation, more regulation coming about because of things like this, you know, people didn't think about, oh, you know, OSIN and um, information being out in the public. I mean, we've had the internet for now a couple of decades, but people didn't really probably think of the different implications that can happen with people being able to crowdsource. Um, where is the line? Did, where do you draw the line for a, like a privacy invasion? I think that's going to be several discussions and we're not going to figure it out this year. It's going to be an evolution. Mm -hmm. and, and we were, we were talking about an explosion of data and, and obviously those are the sources uh, in which to gather, in which to gain uh, uh, intelligence from. And there really has been an explosion of data, but but never more so than, than we find ourselves today. And that's right. partly because of the introduction of uh, generative AI and AI tools, the ability to kind of collect all of that data, which it has actually collected publicly right. available information, but also create new data uh, and new knowledge and informa new information from that. H how is that changing the, the space or the ability of people who work in the space to be able to operate? So I think, I think it's helping like these, a lot of these tools, these OSINT tools that use AI or machine learning, I think are, are actually doing a lot of good. I think like we just discussed before, you still have that element of the, the privacy part, the data privacy, like where do you mm. draw the line? And 
I think it's different in different spaces. I don't think it's the same all around. For instance, if it's a company, um, you know, and they're using that data for, for certain purposes, it may not be frowned upon. But in some spaces, I think, you know, some people are maybe a little more concerned with how OSINT or any of these tools, like AI tools, like what, you know, what to be concerned, how, you know, how it can make more risk or how we can have more vulnerabilities. I think that's something that we'll see, like I said before, I think it's going to be something that we have to kind of work through over time. Mm. It's, it's hard to just gauge it all now. I mean, we see some of the implications of the good and the, and the bad, but I think that's something that we'll probably continue to work through. Just like with cybersecurity, we have, you know, it's not like you just find a solution and it's the end all be all. You have to continuously, you know, come up with new things and new ways to say, to safeguard. And it's going to be the same with, with OSINT mm-hmm. and, and the privacy part. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, that's definitely a kind of path ahead and something that is unresolved, but needs to be, uh, and is a conversation that's going to grow. We had on a previous um, episode, Matt Edmondson, who's an OSINT trainer, actually, and he spoke in really positive terms about the capabilities of AI tools to be able to summarize. And if you're an, you know, if you're an analyst working in the space, you could take reams of information, conversations that have taken place and, and be able to put that into uh, generative AI and be able to summarize it in a way. And so um, he actually spoke quite positively about the the abilities of analysts to be able to do more because they can use these tools previously what took a few days would now take right. an hour an hour to do. Is that something right. that you've kind of come across? I agree. I agree with his assessment. I, 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 I mean, we could, we could sit here and talk about like where people talk about Facebook and TikTok and all the, you know, like if you focus on the negative, yes, there's always going to be a, a negative aspect to something, but I really see it as far as OSINT, you know, all the different tools and things that you can do, especially with AI, I see it as a positive right now. Great. Cool. So now I definitely want to move on to the conversation about amateur and crowdsourced OSINT, because this I find fascinating and how there's been much more information out there. But also one of the things that we've seen possibly with communities coming out of social media is how people with particular interests are coming together and then using these techniques to be able to you know, do good, social good. Um, right. talk, us, talk us through that. There have been some examples. I've seen it on Twitter, I think, and Facebook. And there have been some crimes, like say someone, I, I'm just an example, somebody robbed a bank. And and then some people, I don't know, this is what they call the dumb criminals. They'll share like, hey, I have, you know, I just broke into this person's house or I broke into a bank and they like start showing their the money or whatever they've gotten from there. And people will find them on these different social platforms and say, hey, that looks like the person. And they keep, you know, digging, doing their, their analyst type of work and people come together and they kind of help solve some of these, these cases. And it helps, you know, law enforcement or, or, whoever whoever's working on it so it's very interesting how this can really help and the same thing as as far as let's say that there was a major car 
accident or a wreck or a major fire, a lot of times this information will get out to the right people. So say for instance, um, there are people that were maybe traveling to that location, but now they have this alert that says, you know, there's a fire or something has happened and they can kind of stay away. And that way the people that need to get there to, to assist can get there, you know? Amazing. Um, and we were speaking off air about um, the Netflix documentary, Don't yes. F With Cats. <laughs> and that was people coming together to try and catch someone who was showing and posting videos of uh, cats and animal cruelty. Uh, and they, these people just, you know, uh, fans of cats, they had, they were pet right. owners themselves uh, and they kind of came together and were identifying the, you know, electricity, power points on the wall, et cetera, in order to be able to find where in the world this person, you know, everyone's got Google, everyone, you know, the, 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 right. the phones in our hands, the, the laptops in, you know, on our desks are powerful things now and people are developing those skills. Um, do you see any scenario in the future where those people, whether it's um, law enforcement or public sector or private sector security individuals are kind of tapping into the, the public um, skills and expertise? Is that something we've seen yet? Um, we actually have, um, McAfee Institute actually has a, I want to say an OSINT analyst certificate and a number of different, even social media investigations and cyber investigations. So I think we are seeing that trend even now, like, you know, there are places, institutes that are helping you get that, you know, refine those skills. And I also believe that it's going to continue to explode. There's op definitely opportunities in OSINT if you want to be an OSINT analyst or whether it's an amateur OSINT analyst or you want to end up being an expert. I think there are lots of ways and there are companies that actually look for people like contract work to do OSINT analysis. So for anyone's listening, if you're looking for an excuse to spend more time online or on social media, <laughs> there are lots of opportunities, clearly. <laughs> mm. uh, so uh, this has been fascinating, unpacking this topic and getting into various areas that we don't always have the opportunity to talk about. Any other trends you want to share with the listeners? Myself, there, there are a number of companies that have OSINT type tools. There are, of course, are the social media platforms where you can kind of share the information or gather information, OSINT information. So it's a, it's a lot going on in this space, a lot more now than, let's say, five to 10 years ago when you, you know, when I first started really hearing people use the term OSINT more and more, it was becoming more mainstream. And uh, I wasn't planning on uh, asking you this question beforehand, but I don't think I've ever come across who's uh, anyone who's studying cyber psychology. Um, so just to put you on the spot, what does that mean? It's something you're doing your PhD in. What is cyber psychology? Sure. Cyber psychology is in, in simpler terms is the interaction of people and technology. Technology media can be anything from uh, social media apps, it could just be being on the web and chat rooms. I mean, it's just, you know, even using electronic devices, um, social group, online social groups. It's just, it's just a study or the psychology of how people interact with technology. 
And that that particular term, um, sometimes you'll they, they might call it web psychology. There's a lot of different other terms that they kind of use for it too. But cyber psychology, when I first found out about it about three, three, four years ago, I was living in Northern Virginia in the DC area. And I came across, um, I, I saw cyber psychology. And it's funny because when I was much younger in undergrad school, I was looking, I, I was always looking for something where I could do um, the study of people and technology and how that all comes together. And there weren't any programs like that available, of course, then. So, of course, through time and, and all, I found about three, four years ago, I found um, some programs that were in like Ireland, you know, in England or in the UK. <clears throat> And those programs I was really interested in, but I didn't see it here in the U.S. We didn't have the programs yet. So I uh, ran into a, 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 woman, a woman who was in cyber psychology, and uh, she's, she's Irish. And I was just, you know, really, really fascinated with, with the, whole, the whole thing. And I got in touch with her, and fast forward years you know, three, four years later, I start to see programs popping up at some of the U.S. universities. First, like a bachelor's level, then like the graduate, you know, eventually like the graduate level. And Capital Technology University was the first university in the U.S. to have a, you know, have cyber psychology PhD program. They also have a master's and I believe a bachelor's program in cyber psychology. And the woman that I've met those years ago online, who's a cyber psychologist, she's actually over the program. So it's just interesting how things, you know, kind of come around and it's, it, it's great. I mean, I, I love it. This is what I've been looking for and I final, finally came across it. So I'm, I'm excited. Amazing. And uh, we look forward to hopefully soon being able to call you Dr. Schlegel as well. So good luck with the studies. Uh, and we have to conclude with the same question for anyone who's listened to other episodes. The same question that we ask each guest to name us one thing good, one thing bad and one thing fake that you're seeing in the online space today. OK, one thing that I'm seeing good is um, people coming together using the various tools for good. Nice. Bad is uh, the people that like to antagonize situations, and you're going to have that online and out, you know, in person as well. But mm -hmm. that would be something I would say is is kind of bad. And then cyberbullying, um, it's it's become you know it, it's it's become a problem, especially amongst the the youth. So like my son, I have a 12 year old son and he'll be going to, uh, to junior high school. So seventh grade. And, you know, it's the kind of things that parents worry about. I mean, adults can be cyber bullied too, but children, you know, it's, it's a different thing when children are get, getting bullied. And um, that's something I would say would be kind of a negative part mm. to mm. having online presence. And what was the, the last, what was the last thing? We have to finish with one thing fake after all. One thing fake. 
Okay, one thing fake is, <laughs> so we're seeing it in a various ways. There, some people are using AI and it appears to be the person, like say for instance, there's an account on Instagram and it looks like it's Keanu Reeves, but it's really an AI generated um, page. Mm. And it has him doing various things, not bad things, but you know, you you look at it and you think, oh, that that's Keanu Reeves, but it's not. So like those deep fake type of things, I, I would say that it fall, you know, that that's one of the things that is a, a you know, something that that's fake. <laughs> yeah. Fake Keanu Reeves. Uh, yeah. Seems like a good opportunity to end on that. <laughs> um, really, thank you for taking the time to talk us through this. Um, and hopefully for many people uh, to have had this concept introduced to them or at the very least to learn more about what OSINT is. Um, Yasmin, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Um, have a great rest of the day and uh, thanks for listening. Oh, thank you very much.